Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to King Legend Talks. On this episode of King Legend Talks, we have Casey Diggs coming to the show. Casey Diggs is a very smart, intelligent, brilliant young man. He's going to come on the platform and go to express to us how he makes 6 to 10K a month, what he does in the industry of being a celebrity, web graphic designer, slash photographer. Now, I got to say, this is an interview where we discuss a lot of things going on in the real world right now. But more importantly, we discuss topics that really have meaning. So if you are interested in this kind of stuff, go ahead, stay stay tuned, get your popcorn ready, because it's going down. It's King Legend on King Legend Talks, y'all. Hey, what up, man? How you doing? Welcome to King Legend Talks. What's up? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain, brother. How you making it through COVID-19? Uh... I'm making it. I'm alive. I can't complain at all, you know. Alive and well. That's what we like to hear. So um, I ran across your page not too long ago, man. I see you be doing a lot of work with that graphic design and the web design. You be you be grinding, bro. You be grinding. You have to. If you don't grind, you're not going to get it. You're going to stay broke, right? Exactly. And we can't stay broke. We got to be successful. Ain't that right? Yes, 100%. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone and just join in. They might not know who you are. All right. For those who don't know me, my name is Casey, and I am the number one dopest. Let me stop. Now, nah, my name is Casey, and I be doing the graphics and stuff for the reality TV stars, celebrities. What's up, Danielle? But, you know, just be, um, you know, I do the graphic design, the web design, and the photography and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So where does your love for graphic design come from? Ah. Uh, the love for graphic design, um, honestly, I didn't even know I was going to be a graphic designer. It just kind of like when I was younger, I mean, in high school, like it was like one day I seen one of my friends, she was on a mixtape cover. So I was like, okay, you know, what? I want to be on a cover. Mm-hmm. So I just went on this little, you know, raggedy app and I just created this little ugly flyer thing. And ever since then, other people started to like ask me to do their graphics and stuff for them. And it started to become something interesting, started to become something that I really liked to do. So I just got into it and it just went from there. So was it one of those things that was always like a talent of yours? You was always good at it or you had to grow to become the person you are right now? Always a beast at it now. Like when I touch it, it's easy. Like it comes natural. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I tried it before, but I can't draw (laughs) at all, bro. I tried it. Don't you? Don't you do, I'm like, sorry? photography something? Yeah, I do photography. I, you know, um, before this whole COVID-19 situation was um, took took over, I was doing yeah. photography, like, hardcore. Dang. But you know what? Um, it took over a lot of stuff, but it also opened up a lot of stuff, too, though, because I see a lot of people. Um, I just read somebody said, <laughs> I see a lot of people, like, people who you never thought would actually come out, like, mm-hmm. you lot more talent being birthed and people like coming and growing into bigger things like so it's like i feel like COVID. you know what i'm saying it, it sucks because it was a lot of people that lost their lives but it also have birthed it a lot of like talented people like people you yeah. see people coming out their shell now you see you know people not afraid to do this afraid to do that like people who you never thought would become entrepreneurs you're starting to see them become it yeah that's true i can agree with you on that 
Um, in my situation, it affected me a little bit different because I caught it, and I was on a ventilator for 12 days. Yeah, so I ended up um, going through this vigorous recovery process, and but nerve damage to my right arm caused me to now I can't pick my camera up anymore. So it kind of affected me, um, I should say, hard, you know what I'm saying, compared to the average person or whatever, but... Yeah, it's definitely it definitely sparked this whole podcast, you know what I'm saying? So that's how this really started because um I didn't want to focus on what I can't do right now at the moment. Right. So I'm trying to uh take all that energy and make it into something positive, if that makes sense. But you know what though? Um Yeah, COVID was nasty. I'm sorry that had to happen to you though, man. I mean, because I feel yeah. like honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you, I think COVID done went around and everybody done got it at least once. I think I done like I really think I'd have had it probably more than once. Yeah. But I don't know, like everybody body different. Like some people it take effect, some people it don't really take effect. Oh yeah. Um, I just I'm... look at it the way I feel about it, like I feel like, you know, it's I think it's all just I feel like it, it was it's it's being put out there in the air now. Like I feel mm -hmm. like 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 the government and them, it's just it don't sit right with me. And then how did how did Donald Trump catch it and he's done with it in three days? Like that don't make no sense. Like he he in the category with the old folks, he's supposed to be non croaked and he's still here. Yeah. I mean of course he got access to probably medicines that ain't even available to the public yet. Exactly. You know? So I don't think he was ever really sweating it to be honest. But um it's weird because when you think about it for me I'm thinking always in game, so I'm like, okay, well, where when is it going to stop? You know what I'm saying? Okay, we know COVID exists, we know all of that stuff right now, but where is it going to stop at? I feel like it's going to be. I feel like this going to be something that we going to have to go through for a minute. Like I don't think it's going to go. No I mean, it kind of is fate in a way when you really look at it, but yeah. then I feel like we still, you still got to be safe out here because it's like you just never know. Mm. So how do you feel about people like going to parties and stuff like that, still grinding hard or whatever, but not wearing masks? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that feel? Uh, like I see. Look, this is me. I don't want people to lock themselves in the house. Okay, I don't want people to feel like they can't live anymore. You know what I mean? You can still be you, have your fun, but just be cautious. That's all I ask. You know what I'm saying? Just. Take a little stuff to think about uh, other people, you know, if they might be at risk, you know. So I'm not against people going out and having fun. Just, I mean, it's a reality. COVID 19 does exist and people are catching it. And with there not being an uh, actual vaccine or cure for it at the moment, it's it could be fatal to somebody. Nah, but I mean, I agree. I think um, as far as people going out during COVID, it's like, at first, I was really totally against it because it's like, you know, people, you know, people dying and stuff like that. But then it's like the same token, though. It's like, how long do you expect people to be trapped inside their house, too? Because the truth mm -hmm. is, being trapped inside your house is really not healthy. And not only that, we only here. I feel like we all we only here for a short amount of time. And people, um, I don't feel like a club is a necessary, is, is whatever that big word is. I don't feel like it's it's important that you have to go to the club. But I also mm. feel like people just kind of like, that they're, they're kind of tired a little bit. Like, you know, just sitting in the house all the time is nothing to do. And all you can do is just think and think and think and get fat and think and think and get, you know, it's just, it becomes draining. But I don't think, um, 
I just feel like, you know, if you if you are going to go out, though, you need to wear your mask. You need to be safe and make sure that, you know, you're, you're taking care of yourself because yeah. you don't, you know, it may it may affect it may not affect you, but you never know who is around that it can and actually it could affect. affect. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I was talking to my wife earlier, and um, and I was telling her, you know, coming from a person's perspective who actually had COVID, I still get upset having to wear the mask on outside, and it's not because you know what I'm saying I'm not trying to be cautious or make someone uh feel vulnerable to COVID, catching COVID. It's just. I mean, you go to a restaurant, how stupid is it to have the mask on and then you have to take it off to eat? <laughs> like, right. like, and then you got to put it right back on and act like you didn't just take well, it I off. Well, I don't think the mask, I mean, we're going to be we're gonna be real about it. The mask, I don't think the mask is really going to keep you safe because yeah. it, from we started off from this being, if you touch something, like it was, you know, you need to wash your hands. If you touch something, it wasn't an airborne mm -hmm. thing. Now, all of a sudden wear your mask and you're going to be safe. No, the mask isn't good. And half of the masks that people wear anyways are not even the correct mask to wear with the filters. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to keep you safe. No, I, I think it prevents it, though. It, it decreases your chances of catching it. But I, it won't protect you 100%. Nothing will protect you 100%. I was on airplane I had to wear that dog on mask. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was going to die. Yeah. I had an MRI done. They tried to tell me I had to keep the mask on. And then not only that, you got to think too, like, okay, everybody has germs. So when you're wearing that mask, you're mm. breathing in and inhaling back those germs back inside your body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and like, that's not healthy. Yeah, that's not healthy either way. And it's like, when you really look at it, either way, it's not healthy. Mm. I mean, it's a good money maker, you know, yeah. for people that are selling them. But that's about it. To me, that's just my opinion, though. But I mean, you know, it's. I think by the summertime of two thousand and twenty-one, we'll be. We should be done with all that. Hopefully. Yeah, I agree. I hope. I hope for the best for everybody. For sure, they out here. They're talking about a second wave, and by January, uh, I think they said what was it? Uh, Five hundred thousand people. I hate, I, hate like when people, I hate when I hear people say like second wave. It's a second wave coming. Like they make it seem like we got a tsunami coming. Like I mean, that's how they're making it seem because of the seasons changing. They're trying to say people are going to be more vulnerable to catch it, more at risk to catch it because of the uh, the temperature decrease outside. That's what they're saying. Yeah. That's, I so, mean, it can happen. It can yeah. happen. But I pray for the best, man. I do not want nobody to yeah. catch COVID, bro, like at all. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, yeah, that you actually healthy, too, and you beat it, you know. Cause yeah, it was a long fight. That's for sure. It was. How many days did you have it for? Uh, that's hard to put. I mean, I was in the hospital. I had uh, I was on the ventilator for twelve days. I spent forty days in the hospital. Um, then I went to rehab. Yeah, it was a long process. I mean, crazy long process. I actually wrote a book about it, and so it actually comes out on my birthday, October twenty eighth. So, the it's 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 different for everybody. That's one thing that's guaranteed. That is different for everybody. Not everyone will end up on a ventilator that catches it. It's like you went through all that, and then Donald Trump got it, and in three days, he's back out here fine. And then he he wanted to be funny about it when he came out. was like, oh, I had it. It's nothing. It was nothing. Yeah, that's what he said. He got access to the cures and stuff of it, and that's the sad part. It's like when you have people, family members that's dying and stuff, why wouldn't you release something like that? But you know what? We ain't going to get into Donald Trump, though, because he, you know, 
he's on his way no, out. No, no, no. So he's funny, but he's on let's his talk way about out. you, man. Let's talk about you. Let's right, talk some you... more about you. Um, so your, your your photography is that like your first passion, or would you put it on the back burner behind the graphic design? Um, I put the photography on the back burner, and the reason being because like, okay, like in Tampa. I feel like where I'm at in Tampa, like in other cities, like Atlanta, stuff like that, like Miami, like photography is like a big thing. But down here in Tampa, photography is like, it's just not, it's not popping like that. Like to me, for me, to me, to want to actually like get into it heavy like that. And it's like, mm. it's like, okay, back then when I first started, when I really was into it in Tampa, but that's when it's like a lot of celebrities were coming to Tampa. It was still easy to connect with people and stuff like that. But nobody comes down here no more like that. Like when I move mm. to Atlanta, I'm going to get back into it. But as of right now in Tampa, I don't really, I don't really see an interest in putting it out there like that. It has to be. I'm going to have to, in order for me to shoot, it has to be, like, a reason for me to really want to do it. No big deal. So, so let's talk about um, the celebrities you work with, man. I'm quite sure that that's an interesting conversation to have right there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. As far as, like, um, any anybody in particular that you work with on any project or anything like that, I think I saw um, a post you had made on your page with a magazine cover that you designed? Yeah, I, I mean, every person that I work with is different. Like, mm. if every everybody's different. Like, they all have their personalities. But um, for the most part, I enjoy I enjoy working with all of them. They're all different people, you know. It's it's interesting that the, the, the cool part is when you actually, like, see them, mm -hmm. you realize that they are actually just, like, normal people just like you. They're not, like... Um, you know, people hold them up to this high standard. Mm -hmm. And I done been around some that really, really is, like, on top of their game, like, up here really living it up. And then I done been around some to where it's, like, when you see them on social media, they put on a front, and then you get in front of them. It's like, bitch, you really ain't got shit going on for real. Like, you know. Yeah, it happens. I, I done seen a little bit of all of them, but it's interesting working with them, though. Yeah, I, I can agree. Um, I, I would say my most awkward <laughs> encounter with the celebrity was I was taking pictures and um, I'm at the radio station and they trying to get me in there and take some quick promo photos and uh, I ain't going to say no name but he, he was up in the oh, huh? Drop the huh? name oh. Nah, he famous so I mean if I drop the name everybody's going to know but, but anyway, I'm going to say it like this I was about to take pictures and he was like no pictures so now, as a photographer, you're there to take photos, and this person is telling you no photos. So you're just sitting there holding your camera in your hand like, what I do now? It's awkward because you came there for that purpose, and this person does not want photos. I wish All I right, so I, I don't think it would be fair if I don't say the name, so I'm going to go ahead and drop it. It was Shy Glizzy. <laughs> Shy Glizzy. So I was uh, about to take some photos of Shy Glizzy, and he just didn't want to take no photos. I ain't going to say why. Put it that way. I ain't going to say why. I know why, but I ain't going to say it. But just say, just know I was taking, trying to take some pictures uh, with Shy Glizzy at the studio, and he wasn't feeling it. Man, he, he didn't want no pictures that day. 
And then I we ended up. They, I'm not gonna lie though. To my honest opinion, when they see, I don't like, when, and that's one of the reasons why I always make sure that I keep myself to a ground where I'm working in the mix of that. But I have like my daily clients and stuff too, and yeah. I always tell myself who I am that I have my own business. I don't generate six figures and stuff because mm. the thing that I don't like about that, like I feel like when you when you're in a limelight like that, like they are, like they like you you in a spotlight to where you know you're doing something that other people want to do. Like, you know, and you mm -hmm. have it to where you actually are able to, how can I say it? Um, you're, you're in a place where you're able to actually, you just, you, they got to remember that you, you're, 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 you signed up for that. You know what I'm saying? That's what you do. Yeah. I come with the fame. Yeah. So it's never okay to sit up there and go off on your client, go off on somebody or tell them that you don't want to get a picture taken of you. Like that's just something that you should yeah. just do. Cause Especially since it was for the promotion of the um, actual, you know, the interview. It wasn't really like... Half of them be getting paid to be there to do that. Like, if you're getting paid, yeah. that's like work. That's like you going to your job and telling your boss, uh, I don't feel like doing this today. Okay, well, you know what? You go home then. You just don't get paid. Of course. I mean, but I met some people that's extremely cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, um, Lex Luger, he's, he's mm -hmm. just mad chill. You know, he's very family-oriented. You know... Uh, he, he don't act cocky, none, none of that. You know what I'm saying? So you run across that with a lot of celebrities too. So, and then you got some other ones that act like they they too good to be around. You know what I'm saying? So it, it all depends on who you're dealing with. I find that uh, comedians are the easiest to deal with because they have to be people person. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. have their job is to make people laugh. So it's I like... How can you not be a people person as a comedian? I can agree to that. I think yeah. so. So I've always catered to to that line of work. Plus, you know, it's like free jokes. You get laughs the whole time. But I remember the one comedian I remember I met DC Young Fly in Miami. Mm -hmm. And he was like real, real cool down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. I met DC Young Fly in uh, Norfolk when he came out here along with uh, Mike Epps. They did a show together. That was lit. DC Young Fire is just a fool, man. A natural yeah. fool. Like his jokes just so original. He he can just be talking to make you laugh. Right, I agree. Yeah, so that's one of the things I liked about him. So what motivates you right now, man, to wake up in the morning? what's your drive? Uh let me see. I get up because, you know, I got a younger brother and sister. So to do, you know, for them every day to make sure that they're in a good um, place and really just. It's really hard to say, like, as far because I'm going to be honest with you, when I think of motivation. Right now, today, I feel like I'm, my mindset where I'm at, I'm in a place right now where like. Um, and you, you that's really a tough question for me right now because really what really motivates me really I can't really nail and pinpoint and say exactly what it is I just want to be great out here so you know just to keep going and keep pushing myself really I, but it's really that's really it really just the family just my family that's what really pushes me to keep going each day okay I hear that Um, so what kind of goals you got set for the next five years like where do you see yourself if everything goes your way. Well, I'm definitely right now in the process of moving to Atlanta by January. Mm -hmm. And 
once I get there, because I don't know if you know this right now, I'm selling templates. And mm. I've been, like, for the longest, I've been doing, like, like freelance graphic design with folks where I just would design mm. graphic design for people and stuff like that on a freelance level. And I'm really trying to shift my business now to where other designers can do that stuff and I can really focus more on the bigger end stuff and really just to um, keep pushing my templates and stuff to keep growing because, um, you know, I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this, but, you know, like, I feel like what I'm putting out there is something that, you know, when the white people put it out there, it goes viral and goes big. And I really want to get that to that type of level. I do want to buy me a house and I want to get married and possibly mm -hmm. have kids. But, um, you know, we'll see, you know, where that goes. You can't really predict what the future really has. But one thing for mm -hmm. sure that I do know that I do know for a fact, like a real, real fact that I really want to do in the next five, well, these next five years of my life is to really, really focus on being more happy and enjoying life. Because a lot of people look at you from social media or whatever, or they look on the outside and they think that, you know, you are in like the most happiest place. But people don't understand, like, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna keep it real. Like doing graphics, for me, doing graphic design is a curse and a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because the simple fact, I mean, not to beat my own horn or nothing, but I'm very good at doing it. So mm -hmm. it put me at like a little high demand where a lot of people really, really be wanting my service and be coming to me a lot to get, you know, a lot of designs and stuff. And a lot of the clients that come to me sometimes, they don't really always understand the asset of business. They don't understand the fact that I'm just one person and trying to do it so it's like like i just came back from atlanta and that was the first time i can say in a long time i actually went out of town and because this month i literally made over six well not even this month this month ain't even over with we only on day 20 and i made literally over six thousand dollars with just doing just the templates alone like selling that as a wholesale not even mm -hmm. having to really focus on taking on so many projects so it's like i've been focusing on the big projects, you know what I'm saying? Those projects, like I've been, because part of the reason I went to Atlanta was I actually went up there to go stay with Erica Mena and Safari to help them do their project. Mm -hmm. Like I was able to go focus strictly on that because I was paid to be up there. I didn't have to worry about a bunch of clients calling my phone, you know what I'm saying? Just bugging the hell out of me. Like it's mm -hmm. almost like it becomes, it, it becomes literally like harassment almost because you can't, the times that they call, they call at any and every time. And it's like, you know, when you focusing on that strictly just to, to survive, it becomes mm -hmm. so stressful. And that's one of the things that I've really, really been trying. It, it, it becomes stressful to the point where it takes away from your talent and your craft and what you really, really want to do. And mm -hmm. it also has caused me, I feel like, you know, freelance graphic design, like I said, cause don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it sound bad because you know, Doing freelance graphic design definitely has opened up many doors for me. It's opened up many doors for me. That's mm. for sure. If I wasn't doing that, I would not be where I'm at today. But it also has put, I feel like, it has also caused me stress, headache, and to lose certain relationships with other folks as well. Because it's like, you know, people who don't understand business or timing, I, they wouldn't understand it. So next thing you know is we don't fell out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over 
And it's like, it's just, that's one of the things I would definitely say in the next five years, I want to keep pushing to where I don't have to like go back to where I'm only making income from just freelancing for a bunch of people. Like that's like, that makes know, sense. I mean, cause there's, that's part of being in business, man. Cause like, I know with my photography, you know, you start off at a certain price and then you got all your homies and everybody want to support you and they all cool. And then you're like, all right, workload getting big. It's getting heavy. I need to start getting paid more for these gigs. So you raise your prices. And then the moment you raise your prices, that's when those relationships start to fall. It's like, look, I know my worth. That's why I'm raising my prices. For me, it's actually kind of different. Like, I would raise my prices and nothing would happen. Like, people would still come and they would still pay it. And Mm -hmm. it was like, to me, it really was... To me, I felt like in my case, raising prices did me no justice at all. It, it it really just the only thing it did do justice was I'm able to bring other designers in now to actually pay them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I love design. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say I don't want to freelance design for other people like that because I do like designing for other folks because it is helping other people get their businesses growing. But you know, at the same token, though, I just I would tell anybody that's ever trying to get into that field, like to always set do what they call time management. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like manage your time, manage, you know, how many orders you take on, how many people, you know, what I'm saying you bring on board and stuff, because you will eventually end up overwhelming yourself to a point where you become like really stressed out to the point where you you know what I'm saying it won't become mm-hmm. it won't feel like fun anymore it'll be it'll feel like work like going to a nine to five because you really stress like shouldn't nobody I mean, you, your workload would be too heavy yeah like, like you said you're only one person yeah like shouldn't I think shouldn't nobody ever 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 call your phone at like 11 12 o'clock at night trying to talk business like mm-hmm. You know, you just you just you just don't do, like that stuff. You just don't do that stuff that my parents taught me. Everybody else didn't, may not have got that, but you know. So let's talk about setting your prices. Now, I want to hear your point of view on uh, how do you know what price to set for your services? Really? Like, how do you know that right price? You gotta. Re- it really. Here's the thing: when you're designing, is it's it's unfortunate now because for the new designers that's coming in who doesn't really have like a portfolio or anything in their belt, it's unfortunate for them because there are so many inexperienced people out here who is designing that is selling their stuff for dirt cheap, and it's unfortunate for the new designers because they're not able to really go up on their prices like that. They have to keep their prices at like. A, a, a certain price until they get their portfolio big enough and get mm-hmm. that, you know, high demand behind their name before they can actually rise up. So really, you know, you just got to know when your workload starting to get busy, when you know that you're confident that people going to come to you whenever, no matter what your price is, that's when you mm-hmm. up the price. But sometimes, you know, it'd it be hard for the new people to do that because it's it's a lot of people out here that's really just selling their stuff for cheap people tend to judge you based on your prices like your quality of work sometimes is judged solely on how much you charge them like um there are some people as a photographer that would charge a thousand dollars for a shoot now if i'm a person this is like a celebrity 
um, and I'm looking for a photographer, I'm looking for people. If I can afford it, I'm looking for people in that price range because that's what's going to let me know that that's they, they their quality have. of work is that good. So you they start shopping around that price range. So if you start off too low, a lot of times you get put in that amateur category where it's hard for you to grow because your prices are so low. I mean, and now you mentally, you're trying to compete with other people with similar prices, but without even knowing, you're putting yourself in that category of amateur. Mm -hmm. There's different levels to it. Just like um, there's certain websites where you can pick the type of uh, person, like a freelancer that you want, and they, they judge their quality of work by how expensive they are. I Just agree. like you go to a restaurant, like this restaurant, you got three money signs because it's upscale. Or this one, you got one because it's it's low scale or it got two because it's mid. Same thing with business, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to people in the brand. So it's finding that, that, that comfort zone with that price. I think that's what's important because, like, in your situation, you not you really don't have to hunt for clients as hard because you already have a portfolio. Not to say you don't have to hunt at all. It's just your portfolio speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Someone on the back end that don't have a portfolio, they might have to be more flexible. Right, I agree. Yeah, so I thought that was that was something that I had to learn when I first started. I'm like you want to move on to the next level, <laughs> up your prices. <laughs> yeah, that's the I- only way you're gonna do it. And I feel like you you want to make sure you charging what you worth too. I feel like of when course. you charging, how can I say this? When you charging below the belt and you're not really charging the price that you should be charging, people see that's the thing about it. It's mm-hmm. like you'll charge this low price and people don't really always respect it when you charge in low. You know what I'm saying? Like they should be. Mm-hmm. So sometimes charging, going into the door, charging maybe what the average is can gain you a little bit more respect. Mm-hmm. And, not, and let's just be real. The type of clients you're going to attract is based on your, your amount you're charging. If you're I, charging $5 photo shoots, you're going to get everybody coming out the woodworks. I mean, they're going to be rocking with you. They're going to love you to death. It exactly. only costs five dollars. They and ain't losing nothing. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent with you, buddy. Yeah, so that's that's one of the hard things about business, especially when you doing something from scratch. I would say because you really have to rely on a big support system, whether it be family or friends, just to get your name out there. Um, and, you know, a lot of people always ask, "How do you get clients or new clients?" I'm like, you gotta have something to show for. And anything you do, I mean, you walk in the store, you don't just buy items with no advertisement. I mean, you need something that's going to catch somebody's attention before they'd be even interested in buying your product. You know what I'm saying? So, right. And, and, and another thing um, in business, when you first start, and I believe it's about being a go-getter. You go get the client. You bring the service to the client. You know what I'm saying? You don't sit there and say, hey, I got this graphic design business. I'm open for shop now. And you sitting there waiting, like yeah. all right. you have to go out there and like you gotta go get it now. If you want to be like a, a a real a real boss, ain't gonna never go hungry. Like yeah. you're you gonna, gonna hustle, you're gonna go make it happen. You're gonna always make it happen some way when you really like your own boss. You're not gonna never just sit there and just let money and stuff just float on by. And you don't, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 
I'm half done. And then um, one of the other things I've learned is that you got to be able to replicate the process and to make it easier for yourself. So that way, when you get to a certain level, now you got to be able to delegate tasks to certain other things that help you with your time management. Because like now you got all these orders pouring in, you're overwhelmed. You're gonna have to cut some time somewhere, cut some corners somewhere. There are things out there, so you're gonna have to reinvest your money. Exactly. Like you have. Here's what I really learned when I started time management. I'm out work. I mean, I'm working twelve o'clock midnight, late night. Then I just take a break mm -hmm. and I go IG. And while I'm working all these hours, some of the clients I'm working for, I look on IG and they just turning all the way up, just enjoying their life, happy and stuff. And I'm like, why am I over here stressing myself? Mm -hmm. Why why can't I enjoy myself? So I cut off the time management after a certain time I'm not doing no work. And you shouldn't call you, you have to do that. The bar asking me, is your stuff ready while you out at the bar? Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point, you don't want it to feel like a job, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to really enjoy what you do. And if you ever get to the point where you feel like it's work, then it don't feel like you're leaving, living your dream at that point. You know what I'm saying? To live the dream, it has to be something that is in you. Like, it comes from the heart. And you really are passionate about it. When you're passionate about something, you actually have fun doing it. You know what I'm saying? So whenever it becomes stressful, that's when it's important to take that stuff back and recalibrate and figure out an action plan to move forward smoothly. You know what I'm saying? So that's a big deal when it comes to it. So um, in your opinion, what, what advice would you give a young photographer with dealing with new clients? Like completely new um anything dealing with graphic design and photography with clients you have to you have to keep in mind number one that the client is not your friend they're the client mm -hmm. um make sure that there are boundaries set because when they start to feel like they're your friend that's when things start to get unprofessional you know, Ooh, that's, that's a big they, one right there. Yeah, that's when they start to not want to make the payment correctly. That's when, you know, things just get, it starts to go left to right when it should be going, you know, strictly this way. So mm -hmm. you always want to make sure at the end of the day that, you know, when you when you are doing business with clients that you have it set at a certain time, like like a certain type of thing that we, we're, we're actually, we're doing business together. Um, have a policy in place to protect mm. yourself and to protect them, have rules in place when it comes time for them and just be professional about your business. And, and think number one, always remember the bag is first, <laughs> you know mm. what I'm saying? Like stay focused on the bag, stay focused on the gift and the talent and try to please the client, but don't be weak. Don't let them take over. You know, this is your business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have yeah. to be the one that's in charge to run your business because one thing about graphics and photography, I feel like, especially with graphics, a lot of clients tend to forget that you. this is a contract deal. We're working together. I don't mm. work for you. We work together. We're doing business together. You know, there have mm. been many times where, you know, some clients would try to say, you know, like we were doing, like I was working for them. No, I don't work for you. I work for myself. You can't fire me. You mm. don't have to use me, but you can never fire me. Yeah. You just can't because I'm going to still get business and money regardless. 
Mm. You know, there's always somebody else out there. You know, you don't want to use me. There's 10 other people. But, you know, you can't be like, oh, well, I'm a fire and I'm not going to use them. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't do that. Yeah, of course not. Um, that's one of the things about business and, and being your own boss. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you get to make the final say so. It's exactly. up to you if you would like to continue this process. You could definitely just walk away and say, you know what? I don't want you as a customer. Here is your money. Have a nice day. Find somebody else. No hard feelings. Job done. And, and transaction complete. And I've done it before. Yeah. yeah. I, I really have. Now, have you ever had that client? I think we all have that that paid for one service, but wanted an extra deal on top of that service for free. Like they start telling you what your services are. Yeah, I done had that before, and I don't budge. It's not happening. Exactly. Like, yeah, have... One thing about me, I keep it straight firm, and. I'm not afraid to really speak how I feel with them. Like, I tell them, this ain't Burger King or McDonald's, you know what I'm saying, where you're always right. The client is mm -hmm. always right, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to come here and tell me what you're going to get or how you want it to get. You're going to get this right here. You know, I didn't have people come and try to purchase a logo for this and then come back and they'd be asking for a logo like that. And I politely tell them, well, you didn't pay for that. You paid for this right here. And mm -hmm. you're not going to play that, you know, psychology thing where you flip it out and you turn it around on me and start to get me to think like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not doing right because I'm, I'm not giving the client what they want. You know, no, it's not going to work over here. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you this right here, what you paid for. If you want this right here, you can pay the other difference. If you don't want it, you're not getting it. That's exactly. it. I'm not so, changing. It. So uh, what accomplishment would you say so far that you're most proud of and everything that you've done? Honestly, every accomplishment that come my way, I'm always proud of them all. Like every single mm -hmm. one. There isn't one that I can say that I'm more proud of than the next one. And I don't want to say proud because they say we're not supposed to be proud in the Bible. They say that, you, you know, we should not be proud. But I would mm -hmm. say what I'm the most, the one I'm the most happiest of. Um, I'm happy of all of them because every one of them like this year. Okay, you got to think, especially this this year has been rocky, but it's been good for me, too, because I went before COVID hit. I went to the Super Bowl whenever I did that big banner for, you know, Cardi B and them down there at the Super Bowl. In mm. addition to that, I got to um, help Milan Christopher and Jessica Dime with their casting call in Atlanta. It have been mm. so many good things that has happened. I was featured on Yahoo. So I'm really happy for each and every blessing that really has came my way there isn't um there isn't one that i'm gonna say that i'm more proud of than the next because like i say they all have their own mm -hmm. you know their own you know feeling to them you know yeah i got you um I, another thing i would say too that's been challenging for me as a business owner is knowing as you're growing and who to keep around you and who not to keep around you because mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you have the wrong people around you can really like that's the other thing. That's why I can't wait to move to Atlanta, like because it's more people. I feel so motivated when I'm up there. Like it's it's more people that's like trying to do what I'm doing up there in that city. Here it's like it's so normal just to work a nine to five job. You get what I'm saying? Like 
up there is mm -hmm. to be your own boss. One of the things I like the most about Atlanta, man, is a lot of creatives out there, bro. I mean, if you took looking to collab with somebody or anything you're trying to do, Atlanta has it for yeah. real. Last time I was in Atlanta was was probably uh, January of this year, and uh, I went to Cam Kirk Studios and just seeing the creative minds out there. Matter of fact, shout out to Cam Kirk. He got a commercial on right now with BET uh, for the Hip Hop Awards. They've been playing it crazy. I've been seeing it over and over again. Like, um, like what is, oh, he's on it? He's actually on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually on there. Um, they talking about, it. I mean, he's on a whole lot, bro, like as far as the, oh, I don't, I follow the culture goes. Yeah, the culture goes as far as the photography thing. He does a whole lot, you know what I mean? Big influence when it comes to that. So uh, when I went to Atlanta, I was like, I got to stop by the studio and um, and see what's up and the tour the whole place. I actually left one of my uh, photography books there. I need to go pick it up. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, that's just that environment. And, and it's just so many cool people out there in Atlanta. I feel like in Atlanta, you can vibe with anybody, you know what I'm saying, as far as if you're trying to do a certain a uh, project or somebody, you know, something like that. There's a lot of connections out there. Exactly. Who was your first celebrity client? What was that like, that whole experience? <laughs> oh, um, okay, I'm going to skip over that person. So I'm going to say, I'm going to just go, uh, I would say Trina was the first actual household name that I met in person. But she didn't know mm -hmm. that I actually had design work for her. I kind of spoke on that. I don't really want to get into detail on that, you know what I'm saying? But, like, she didn't really know, like, who I was. So, mm -hmm. I mean, to me personally, she was, like, the first celebrity I met. But it really was no feeling because she didn't I, She didn't get to get – she didn't get introduced. I didn't get introduced to her properly, and she didn't get introduced to me properly. So, gotcha. it was like, I feel like, to be, to be completely honest with you, it was – I really look back at it a very sour taste in my mouth. Not from her, but from her, her camp. It was a sour taste. Mm. I can tell you my first experience. I'll never forget it because this is when um, I have just started my photography. When I, Believe it or not, when I first started photography, my um, way of gaining followers on Instagram was to do a free photo for a follower. So like, I would go to an event, and I wanted to grow my Instagram so that way I can eventually promote my work through it. So I would tell them, like, hey, a free picture for a follow. But you got to follow me first, and then I'll take the photo. So I did that for probably my first 2,000-something followers, bro. I mean, just a quick little photo. I didn't have to edit it or anything. Just quick, give it to them. They, they, they followed me. It was a done deal. They, I kept the follow that's, like, free advertising. That's what my, that's what my um, game plan was, and it worked. Now, my first celebrity encounter, um, I wasn't even about to, to go take photos this night. My brother-in-law hit me. He was like, hey, bro, Davies is coming through. You should pull up. Bring your camera. And I was just like, man, I don't know these people. They ain't, y'all about to just walk up with my camera. He's like, nah, you're good. I got you. Just bring your camera. So I bring my a camera in, and Davies is doing a, a meet and greet at the shoe store. And um, at the shoe store, you know, it's late. So they start to kick people out early. But you know how it is when it's super late and it's a regular business. They really get people out of there. Mm -hmm. So they kick everyone out. And the owner of the store 
saw me with the camera. He was like, nah, bro, you good. You can stay. So they kicked the general public out, and there was nobody in the store but Davies and his crew. I'm listening. And, um, he was like, yo, just, he was just like, go do your thing, bro. And I ended up just getting, just taking pictures of Davies while he was shopping for shoes in the store. And so, I mean, I'm the whole time, I'm like, for real? I could have just, like, nobody would, they was mad cool. They was letting me snap. You know what I'm saying? I, I was like, all right, this lit. Moment I'm a, I posted those photos. I'm gonna say this: I my think, business went booming. I think celebrities back then were way more approachable and cooler than the new celebrities today. Of course, and that's that's facts. And that that even goes not just for celebrities, but even the reality TV stars that were out back then are mm -hmm. they were way more approachable than some of the ones that are out today. Like a lot of them that these new ones that's coming out and then oh my god don't even get me started some of the social media influencers like they a lot of them well just, the social media influencers are the new celebrities of today that's how that's how social media has made them you know what i'm saying they're, they're famous just for having followers yeah and it's like they really don't be approachable like that though some of them and so that's why it's like it just it'd be it'd be kind of weird because it's like some of them they don't know who you are like they won't know who you are so they they heads automatically just come in thinking like they're above you and you're beneath them almost mm -hmm. and it's like i don't like when people do that because see that's when you do that i won't i won't even approach you like i'll just yeah you won't be you won't exist in my world that's what they call bougie they start acting bougie they don't want <laughs> they don't want to affiliate themselves with everybody because they too good yeah, that's true. And you know what? I get it. You know what I'm saying? When you at a certain level in your career, like, here's the thing. Because um, I'm even like that. Like, I don't really like to affiliate myself with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't come around you. Everybody can't go everywhere you go. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't posted me with Erica Mena and Safari and them, like, on Instagram for a reason. Because when I posted it on Facebook, if I showed you my my my, um, inbox on some of the stuff that people are just approaching me asking some of the social media influencers they really don't be as known as they think they are if i post something and it's not really relating to me doing anything with a star you know what i'm mm. saying or something crazy people just they'll right overlook it but then it's like time I post something where I'm working with this person, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, everybody want to be your friend. Everybody want to be in your inbox or liking your of post. Of course. Bro, let me tell you. One time, <laughs> I, you know, you know, uh, Tony Lister, right? The Debo? Yeah. yeah. Alright, so one time he gave me a shout-out, and then the shade room we posted it, I had over a million views. My phone went berserk. I'm talking, people started hitting me up from first grade I'm like, how you even got my number? You know, it was just so crazy how it, it really shows you that people see what you post. They really do. Like, a lot of the times you be thinking, well, do they see that? Like, people ignore. They only pay attention to what they want to at the end of the day. It's just like um, when, you, when someone say I'm busy or I got a lot to do, like, bruh, you're going to make time for whatever it is you want to do this week. Don't ever get it twisted. 
that I'm so busy that I can't do the simplest thing. People make time to talk to who they want to talk to, and people make time to do what they want to do. Exactly. That's just kind of that's just kind of um, the way things are. They prioritize what they want to do. You but might you not be on that list of priorities, and that's why they're not talking to you. So uh, just for the people that's going to be listening in on Spotify, where can they find you, and uh, what can they get business from you if that's what they want to do? They can find me um, at www.ctdgraphics.com. They can also find me on um, at my other website, which is online with CTD Graphics. That's where I sell my graphic design courses and everything at. Or mm -hmm. you, um, just, you can just follow me on Instagram as well. All right. So there you have it, everyone. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And I appreciate you and your time, sir, no, for uh, coming through with the interview. I really appreciate you as well. And thank you for having me come on here. Remember to follow me live on Instagram at KingLegend757. Turn on those post notifications so you don't miss a beat.